Look at this. What do I have here? I've got a pee cup. Can oh, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. This guy has measuring tape around his neck. Oh, sure. As of though any woman that's going to come in there, he's going to immediately start wrapping that around. <laughs> my guess is their throat. <laughs> we have every kind of bra. We have bra made from the skin of some of my victims. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Phone number is 818-253-1693 for those voice messages and drdrewafterdark at gmail.com for the emails. we got plenty of all both today, but I don't know how much of that I'm going to get to because I have a great guest today. It's Tony Hinchcliffe. Tony, welcome as always. Indeed, good to be this here. This is a big deal. I love uh, it. It's a huge deal because whenever <laughs> whenever I interview a comedian or come upon someone I think is just really fun and a great talent, they're always, oh, it's part of that Kill Tony crowd. It's part of the Kill Tony world. Yeah. And uh, I've been sort of really, that whole world has opened to me in the recent months. Yeah. And uh, you guys have had a huge influence on a lot of people. Yeah, we're having a blast, yeah. man. I mean, it's... it's sort of its own wild universe because we get so many people on a single show that it's more like uh it's like if pro wrestling had its own podcast i saw one where everyone was dressed like medieval times yep and there was a <laughs> eight beat orchestra yeah <laughs> i was like what the fuck yeah we had a six piece band last night when we taped an episode uh i mean and what's fun now is that when we have that giant band and things like that it's unbelievable musicians yeah in la we had a bunch of comedians and very rarely did we have like actual professional musicians playing in the band and now you we literally have some of the best in the world here in austin which is the music capital um and so like anything can happen on the show everything's improvised so if i can literally say Oh, you ever do karaoke? And they could say yes, and I can say what song, and if whatever they say, literally the band immediately is into it. So they're singing, like so. It's just this extension of crazy art and stuff, different music, improvisation, obviously stand-up comedy, and so we have a lot of fun over yeah, there. Yeah, you guys aren't as high as the skanks. No, we're not. We're not. I fact, I've never seen a human smoke <laughs> as much weed as those guys do. I've never seen that. We are that? we're closely connected. Those are basically our New York cousins yes, out there. Yes, and we smoke a bit, but yeah, not like that. Right? Uh, this, that yeah. Lewis did about seven dabs in eight <laughs> minutes while I was sitting there. I was like, dude, how are you? And they're just as fast as ever. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. That, those are superhuman ca- capacities. They're wild out there in New York. Mass amount of jokes. <laughs> they have that Dave Attell influence hanging over them. Is that so what like, it is? I mean, he's... I blame Dave. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's, it's him. He's just amazing. So, so let's talk about you a little bit. You grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, yeah. you told me. And, yeah. uh Wild neighborhood, yeah. wild situation. You would love, I mean, I, you would probably love my backstory. My mom and dad uh, were never publicly together. Mm-hmm. They were, in fact, married to other people and cheated on their significant others for 11 years without people finding out about it. Wow. And then. How did they do that? Did you tricky, ever. Tricky. Sneaky. Who were you raised by? My mom. Did you ever ask her, like. I mean, he would just say that he was doing something else while the while his wife raised his two kids at his house, and my mom had four kids before me. Of, of his? No, 
of her husband's. Uh, right. So four kids at my mom's house, two kids at my dad's house, and they're banging, you know, a few times a week and or whatever. And uh, and after 11 years of this thing being a secret, my mom gets pregnant in a stunning turn of events at the age of 38, uh-oh. 12 years after her most her last kid was born. So um, luckily she had the baby. It was me and a career in comedy was born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this you, is, this, you this had, kid's got to be funny or yeah, else. Yeah. So did they come clean at that point or what? No. What's interesting what? is they kept it a super secret. Cause wait my, a minute. Yeah. Had, had your mom separated from the other kid's dad yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. So she could keep it a secret. Right. Did that dad know about you? Yes, because Did he wanted she, to call up the dude and go. No, no, he wasn't like that. He was a heavy drinker, so he was uh, like just sort of out. He was checked uh, out. He was such a he was such a heavy drinker that at that point they weren't having they hadn't had uh, sex in like years. Got it. So when she started showing signs of pregnancy, he's like, "Oh, I think this is you know, I think they were putting a ribbon on this one." Wow. So it was the pregnancy that ended it. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, ended it all the way. But again, you know. In Youngstown back then, it was it's just the way we did it. Right, just- it was Italians who you know that happens. They have their you know uh, Fridays for the wives, Saturdays for the girlfriends types of things. Are, are you a, a Stern Show fan? Old school, yeah, yeah. old time. So yep. Sal's dad, uh, yeah, seemed to have had a similar flair to both of the. Well, at least your. I don't remember that exact story. But- His dad uh, had. Lots of girlfriends and lots right, of kids right. all over the place. Yeah, Italian, right? Sicilian, I think. Even I, isn't that more of a Sicilian thing? Yeah, yeah. It's, Is that your brand of Italian? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um, the thing is, is we have heard uh, since then that he might have uh, one or two more out there somewhere. So yeah, it's just like that. But what's really interesting is because they wanted to keep it a secret. Um, I didn't when I was a little kid. Like, my mom told me, you know, don't ever tell anybody. Well, first of all, she told me that my dad was a truck driver and he only gets to visit so often when I was a tiny, tiny little boy. So I was always excited to see him. Like, when I'd see him once a week or whatever, we'd have, you know, spaghetti on Sundays for two hours and then he'd be gone. Would he behave like a father to you? Yeah, he was cool, I guess. I don't really know. You know what I mean? When you're that damaged, I don't think you really know what a real father does. But yeah, I remember oh, yeah. like sitting if on I could his write lap. a comedian's yeah. life, life story. I think I'm Tony. That's the that's yeah. That's the comedian's life. Yeah. Okay, so so he's showing up, and then when right. you start to realize there's a little more going on, you want to share it with your peers. Well, what's crazy? I think you're gonna love this. I, I love all of it so far. Oh my so goodness! I will love this, you're I'm not sure. gonna believe this. Oh no, yes, I will. So I'm like in first, second grade, or something like that. I can't remember exactly when, but I was already on the school bus. So I'm on the school bus, and we keep picking up my buddy Jeff Lewis, who lives like I don't know six blocks, Caddy Corner, whatever way, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep noticing every time the oh, bus no. would pick him up that there's this white GMC Jimmy across the street from his place. And I'm like, that's the car that my dad pulls up in sometimes. And I was so young, but I remember I matched. I remembered the license plate oh. from that was in the driveway every morning. That we would pick him up. Fuck, I know comedy. I know. And so I he pulls in the next time and I look outside. I match up the license plate. And um, but I don't even bring anything up then because I was even then self-aware enough to know, like, I like the fact that this guy's visiting a time or two a week. I don't want to mess it up. But after that visit, um, I brought it up 
to uh, my mom. I go, hey, uh, just to let you know, I matched up the license plates and that car is always in a driveway that's just six blocks away. You told me he's a truck driver that's traveling all the time. Like, what's wow. going on? Oh, she must have been like, what? what? What is right? We still talk about it all the time. Have good laughs about it. She called her my oldest sister in her best basically best friend at the time and they had a real sit down with me your oldest sister my oldest sister so and like was she her, also her daughter no she's she's from the original dad okay the og father and what is your and that's your oldest sister and what does she think you are does she think you're from the original dad too no they all know okay. they my older brothers and sisters like protected the secret how old was she at this time the she's, sister she's so she's like 14 years oh, older God. than me so she's yeah. like like 17 or something yeah something like okay. that 17 right. 18 19 uh, and they sit 16 going on <laughs> oh man this i mean is, this is this is clearly mary poppins type it type, was type family wild Ooh. i remember it so clearly too that's the interesting part is i remember where everybody was sitting i remember where i was i remember it, it my was traumatic that's job. how trauma is yeah right? you can remember what the wallpaper looked like yep. and what smells were ha- hanging around 100 yep. so, percent. and they're right. telling me you know look your father's very Italian in their culture. They, uh, you know, they don't believe in divorce. So we were in love, me and your father, but we could never be together. And he has his own family and he's, uh, you know, somewhat connected with some small pieces of organized crime. So oh. we don't want to, we don't want to disturb anything. She didn't want me to be you know, out there for the taking, like, you know, known as that, known as, uh, you know, a connected guy's right. bastard. Right. Not only that, you could be used as an instrument of manipulation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so this was, they sat you down and was the traumatizing part, the seriousness with which they all approached you or was it what they said to you? Or what do you, you know? What was so you know, intense about you it? You know what was intense about it was that my mom, who was raising me as a single mom at the time, and again, I can't remember exactly that how old I was eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. I felt like I caught her in a big lie, oh. and I remember the feeling of like, oh man, like if she would lie to me about this, yeah, right. <laughs> then my goodness, what can I what's, trust? What's real and what's not? Yes, right, yes, of course. So. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on these days because of all the genetic testing. People oh, yeah. are finding out all over the place that their dad's not their dad, their grandma's not their grandma. It's right. really common now. Yeah. So here you I'm go. Sort of glad that it happened then. Yeah, yeah. Because it, you know, I got to like develop this weirdness and insecurities <laughs> and never-ending desire to impress people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I look at my friends. Actually, it's funny this is coming up because literally last night on an episode of Kill Tony, yeah. there was this guy that was on and he was doing these little cutie pie jokes that were getting nothing. And I mean, you could just tell he just wasn't funny, mm. right? I mean, like to his bones. I've yeah. been doing this long enough to where I know like there's nothing funny <laughs> about this guy. And I go, you're so unfunny. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you. And I would bet a million dollars cash if I had it on this table in front of me right now. I would bet a million dollars your parents are still together. Yeah, and lived a lovely childhood. Yeah. And he goes, well, yeah. they're not happily together, but they're together. I go, that's that's my, that's my a million for me. Because you can really set it, to a, you set it to a clock, man. And that's, you know, all I, I said to the audience, I go, all of your favorite comedians 
are damaged as hell. I mean, there are there are no two parents. The Burrs aren't out there. The Chappelles aren't still together. It ain't happening. It's not a real thing. It's so rare if that is the case. And even if that is the case, they would have had to have extreme trauma to them. You yes, know what the, I mean? The intergenerational trauma. Right. Yeah. And, like, and, and transmit it in some meaningful way to the kid. Yeah. Like not not lightweight transmission. Right. Yeah. No, so, I had a lot of a bunch of that shit. So I can be funny. This is good. Yeah. So I, I had a ton of shit transmitted to me. Even though my parents stayed together, they right. still got rained down on stuff. Oh, yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so that, there you are. Yeah. You, you can't trust your mom. You can't trust your sister. You can't trust any of your siblings. Correct. And now you want to tell the world. Right. Is that, yeah. <laughs> so how did that work? Right. Well, what ended up happening is I, I was already in kindergarten. I had a, a big. I mean, I didn't have a big head. I had the same size head that I have now. But I was in kindergarten, like so. I'm like, so you whatever. Like one of those c- commercials with the, the bobblehead baseball players. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Literally, everybody called me big head. <laughs> in kindergarten and i remember that summer between kindergarten and first grade i swore to myself that when i get back to school for first grade i'm not letting anybody make fun of me anymore Uh. and my way of uh defending my big ass head was going to be to make fun of them harder after they made fun of my head i wasn't going to go first i wouldn't attack first but if they came after me i was going to hit them with three jokes like i was that aware back then like i remember having an actual plan <laughs> did you did you like plan the jokes would you like look around the room and oh, like, yeah. i got this 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 and that's how it started yeah. and i mean that muscle began working then you know <laughs> i ended up like wrestling in high school and i would get destroyed by some kids whose parents were wrestlers and this and that you know what i mean and like they started young and i never had that advantage but when it came to making fun of people i was working that muscle then so making fun of people, making fun of people. And then I was always just making jokes, obviously trying to make the whole class laugh. And uh, one of the things that happened was in like fourth or fifth grade, um, a teacher who hated me because they all hated me horribly, horribly. Because you were disruptive? Oh, so disruptive. Yeah. I, it was in retrospect. I sort of feel bad for some of them. Uh, did you destroy them too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would do anything for a laugh. I didn't care about detention or anything. I didn't care about conduct points. Uh, So I would just go crazy. And I made a really stupid joke one day. Um, I said something like, because I, I don't, I don't remember how it happened. But the anyway, the gist of the joke was like, yeah, haha, my dad molests me all the time. Like it was just a simple, like stupid, stupid joke out of place i had like obviously the word molesting i barely even knew what that was but i make this dumb joke some people laugh and the teacher who hates me goes what was that and i go nothing blah 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 blah. he goes you said your dad molests you well i got bad news for you mr hinchcliffe i have to call children's services now and so like he literally did that so they end up having to contact my freaking mafia father oh the real dad the real dad they yeah oh yeah it got bad real quick now this was (laughs) and this was after you already had an instinct to want to share it with your peers right but you knew better than to share it with the teachers right exactly and i would tell my friends like you know billy and kevin and brian i'd be like fucking kill you you right 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 and i was saying (laughs) i was like look you can't tell anybody don't even tell your parents and a couple of them would come up to me and go hey by the way i mentioned to my mom and dad that you know so and so is your dad 
uh, they say that that's impossible because they were everybody knows everybody in Youngstown, right, so right. it was like that's crazy. And with these other Italian families, yeah, a mostly? mix, a mix. mix. But even the Italian families are at uh, the Irish bar drinking with right, the Irish right, guys, right. and it's all this is th- those days, right? Exactly. And they would say, you know, when when there was racism against Italians and Irish, yeah, like significant racism, yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt, seriously, yeah. big time. And uh, they would say, you know, my my mom swears that's not your dad, and I'm like, ugh, and, <laughs> and that was you know traumatizing too because it was. Now you're the one keeping the secret. You know, kids without dads back then, at least for sure, um, were treated differently, like. Jon Snow in Game of Thrones made being a bastard cool. But before that, it was like, really? There was no one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, you wouldn't get, even though you played basketball better than some of your friends, you'd be on the bench because so-and-so's dad comes to the game and the dad and the coach are friends. And then that spreads to baseball and it spreads to this and that. Did you ever say anything to your dad when he would come visit? Um, or the visits again, stopped by then? No, the visits were more, as I got older, they became more and more spread out. Mm. So like, you know, by the time I'm in, you know, maybe like eighth grade or ninth grade or whatever, it's literally only like twice a year, maybe three times a year mm. he would swing by. Did you care? Um, hard Not that say. much. Yeah. I just like playing. It is. It's hard to say because... I just wanted things to be good. I mm. never wanted to disappoint him. I wanted us to be cool. I still do. We're we're super cool now. Did he ever get in any trouble? Um, him, his his with his relationships. Okay, so check this out. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so. Oh my God. Now I am nineteen years old. Yeah, we'll fast forward to nineteen, and I'm okay. bartending at a place called Anthony's on the River. And in Youngstown, Youngstown, right. You didn't want to leave Youngstown? Well, no, I actually, that's not true. I came to LA, survived for six to eight months. As a comedian? I was waiting to start comedy. I was procrastinating like hell. I was a big stoner. My brother, who's 12 years older than me, got me to move to LA, like convinced me to move to LA because I wanted to go to either LA or New York. He's like, LA is beautiful. You're going to love it come out here and a long time ago and he was smoking blunts and blunts and blunts of weed so i'm literally just procrastinating i'm like i'm gonna learn this city and then i'm gonna start stand up i'm yeah, still yeah. young i'm not gonna rush it how old were you 19? uh 19 yeah. okay so long story short i end up running out of money i have to go back to youngstown to regroup Got save it. money so i get a bartending job at this place anthony's on the river small little well medium-sized italian restaurant that does a lot of like banquets and stuff like that and one of the evenings, I'm bartending a banquet Uh-oh. where it is the, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you feel it, right? It's the like 25 or 35, I can't remember, year anniversary oh. of Ursuline <laughs> High School, whatever. Uh. And I'm making drinks and it's busy because it's one of these open bar banquets. So you're just slinging drinks. You have no time for anything. And I'm slinging, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Bob, 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 right? And then I end up going, what do you want? And I turn my head and this lady is looking at me like she saw a ghost, Uh like really, literally. And I could see that something was tremendously wrong in her eyes. Immediately, I recognized it. And she goes, is your father? Yeah. And says his name, right? And uh, I go, yeah. And she goes, wow i always wondered if you really existed 
I'm his wife of 35 years or whatever it was. And at that time, they had um, separated and then finally divorced. But uh. she had always, because the city, while you know, it had maybe 65,000 people at the time, was still small. Uh. You know, so she had heard these rumors of this kid. He denied it to the high heavens. And, uh, and she just recognized him and you. Do and, you look like him? And and well, yeah. She goes, I go, how did you know that it's me? She goes, you are the, you look exactly like the man that I married 36 years ago. Wow. Or whatever it was. That's probably what was weird for her as much yeah. as anything. Just yeah. to see you for the first time like that. Right. Woo. Exactly. So she's oh. literally looking at the man that she oh. fell in love with to make kids with, oh. slinging drinks behind a bar. What do you want? And she's literally like, "Oh my god, oh. yeah." So what'd you say? Um, I said, "Yeah, you know, I I forgive him. I love him. We're cool." Because again, even then, in that very moment, and I'm thinking about this now, right now, in front of you, actually realizing. My whole thing the whole time is I just wanted to be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just wanted him to think that I'm cool. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. What, what did cool mean to you? Um, just that you and he were okay. Yeah. And that you were taking care of yourself. Right. He didn't worry about you. That exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know? I didn't want to be one of those kids like, why aren't you there for me? Yeah, yeah. I really could no. have used you. And I really could have used him. You know, Youngstown was crazy. The The corner that I grew up on was just, there was arsons and drive-bys and murders. It was the per capita murder capital of the world when I was growing up. There. And was this all since the depression when the steel industry fell apart? Just the it, town it, just it, never came back? It all got bad. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. I look at the house that I grew up in sometimes on uh, google maps just to see if it's still there and it looks like if because google maps obviously if you lose the map version and go whatever satellite yeah satellite yeah you it, it looks like a graveyard of um houses all around it you could see the plots where the other houses were at one point yeah and they all get arsoned out Ugh. and torn down and everything wow and it still stands there this crazy little house that was old when i grew up in it but yeah, it was a scary neighborhood the whole time. So that added a real element of like, I'm tough, I'm cool, I'm out here. Did you surviving. get involved with anything? Any gangs or anything no. yourself? No, and, I didn't. And did your dad ever get in a trouble with the law? I mean, if he was so connected? No, he uh, always was able to avoid it. You know, there was always a lot of people. Did he have a, a real day job? Yeah, he was, was he was a restaurant owner. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> with a big bar attached to the restaurant. Red, that every, red, red, uh, yeah uh, uh, what do they call them uh, literally paintings of the good fellas right. like uh and, uh, che checkerboard yeah uh, tablecloth oh yeah <laughs> red and white too totally totally <laughs> hot peppers red and boots. oil red boots that's what i was trying to think of yeah oh my god this is like a this should be a movie i know i listen i told uh bert kreischer when he told me the machine story i said that's your movie dude yeah i'm telling you the same thing mm -hmm. you have a movie here no i love it i and mean i do, do the kill tony fans know this about you it sort of tr trickles in but i they, talked they, about it a bit on yeah. uh tom and christina's uh podcast not much anywhere else though but yeah. it sort of became when i first met uh, Tom and Christine and did their podcast because I don't listen to other people's podcasts. For some reason, I thought your mom's house had something to do with like, all right, I'll talk about my mom a little bit. <laughs> I swear to God, this is true. I don't even think I ever told them that because I, I realized soon after like, oh, this show has nothing to do with moms. 
but so I, I didn't brown, know. white, and yellow. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. I take things in from afar, and mm-hmm. since I don't watch podcasts, like I come into Doctor Drew, I'm like, okay, I'll just use this as a therapy session. Well, this is great. I'm going to talk here. about we, my childhood. We do and, some of that, and then we grind your face into the model. But, so, uh, yes. oh yeah. So when I made the pedophile joke uh, in, let's go back Tarantino style to fourth grade. Yeah. So when I made that joke, that's they, how your movie's going to be structured. I got news for you. I love it. Yeah. And they contacted him, and I and get we're gonna, a phone we're actually, call. We're going to start in the studio, and then uh, you're going to go out to the like <laughs> out it. to your childhood. And, <laughs> and I get a phone call. Well, first of all, my mom was furious, and she could foresee the problem yeah. that was happening. Yeah. Furious with she, you because it was stupid. Furious joke. with me and also furious with the damn teacher. Of course. Without a doubt. Of because course. this guy's opening a can of worms that he can't even fathom. She's been protecting the secret. I've been protect, trying my hardest to protect the secret. You can't not tell a few best friends when you're a kid lighting off firecrackers and stuff. And they all have dads. You know what it's I like mean? the Bronx tale. This it, is the Bronx tale. Dude, it really is. is. Yeah. And my dad does look a lot like <laughs> Chaz Palminteri. So it that... I swear to God, my my. So we'll have a musical version. It's gonna be great. We're my four older brothers and sisters from my mom's side yeah. cannot watch a Bronx Tale because uh, it it scares them. Because my dad, who raised them more than he raised me, because he was around the house a lot those eleven years before my mom got pregnant. Yeah, he was literally very hands on more than their alcoholic father. So they looked at him like a real father figure that was cool. You know what I mean? Wife beaters and track suits. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they can't even watch that movie because... You got to see him a little younger. I mean, that's exactly, literally, in a Bronx tale with that hairline. Not (laughs) not that one. Not the one from... uh, from um, Usual a, Suspects, yeah. but a Bronx Tale, Palm yeah. and Terry. I mean, that's literally there we him. Go. Yeah. There we go. And they can't there even is. watch it because the thought of him getting shot in the head, uh, because they knew, everyone knew that he was connected. So it's like, you know, when you really know someone's connected, it's not like The Sopranos or these movies where, you know, you're like, ah, anything can happen. It, they're scared, you know what I mean? They're kids that are like, God, I hope nothing ever happens to them. And that movie was literally traumatizing to them because yeah. this, I loved it. I would literally have sick days and watch Goodfellas and A Bronx Tale. And it would be this connective, I would sort of feel like I was hanging out with my dad. Did in you a want weird to be way. one of those guys? I guess I, I had patients, really. you know, that became drug addicts later, but who would tell me things like, I saw The Godfather and I knew right then that was going to be my life. Yeah. I was like, really? That? You decided that was going to be your life? Wow. It's so interesting. For as much as I was entertained by all of it, all of that mafia stuff, I never wanted to do that. There was something... Did you want to do comedy? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you know and, what and that meant? No, not at all. I literally had no idea. In fact... You, you didn't know what a podcast was in 1995? Right, right. Well, I didn't even think you could become a stand-up comedian. Like, I right. had no idea. When I actually did a little bit of research and found out that you do this thing called an open mic, and I'm like, well, how much do you pay to do open mics? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, they're free. You yeah. get to do it for free. What are you talking about? Right. And I'm like, wait, what? You could, like, get good at something for free? This is such a life hack like to me you know again and i was raised super poor too another big myth about having a connected uh mother and father because my mom ran numbers too it was my dad's way of paying child support was getting her making her basically the head of running numbers for the city of youngstown you mean bookie 
Yes. She was the boogie yes. person. Exactly. Oh, shit. Did so, she have little books and stuff all over the place? It was and... crazy. Phone oh. phone calls would come in all the time. Oh. Yeah. That's almost more funny. Than, oh. I mean, it's it's... You know what I mean? That's a that's a layer of color to this whole thing. Dude. That if you were writing it, you couldn't dream up. Dude. You couldn't so her, do it. Her code that's name. That's why it's a movie. Yeah. Her code, code name, name. Yeah. Her code, code name. Code name. Exactly. Her code name was Gina, but I didn't know that because my mom's <laughs> name is. Gina there? Yeah. So <laughs> my mom's name is There's Joy. There's a wrong number, mom. <laughs> Literally happened. This is the, that's the story that I'm telling is, uh, I can, again, can't remember, maybe five, six, seven, who knows. You know, little kids like to answer the phone yep. back then. Yep. Real landline yep. I had back then. Was so it? I you, went hello, and people would go, "Is Gina there?" And there was like two, three, four times where I go, "Sorry, no, Gina lives here." I hang up the phone. <laughs> She'd be pissed. You and eventually, why. <laughs> eventually, I said she had no idea, and I go, "Mom, we keep people keep calling here for some lady named Gina," and she goes, "What the fuck are you telling them? What are you doing?" She back then she was old school mad. Oh, you fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> From now on, you just give me the phone. Stop answering the fucking phone. <laughs> and so that literally happened. I, I imagine her like uh, uh, Davidson's mom in the Staten Island story. Was she like that? Or? I never got to see that. Uh, she runs numbers in that? No, but she has that what the fuck right. stuff where she just yeah. big hair and then blows up. Oh, yeah. I think it was, what it was. what's her name? But the, uh, the Italian actress. Um, uh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa right? Tomei. It was oh, Marissa yeah. Tomei. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, so I would hear her on the phone, and she would have to repeat back the numbers that the people were playing. So she would be on the phone. She four five six straight seven five seven five boxed blah blah blah. Like I still remember all the things. Straight boxed. Straight meant that if your number came out straight up, then you get like whatever it was, like a hundred to one. Or if it came out boxed, that means that the numbers could come out in any order, right? And you get like whatever uh, yeah. twenty times the amount or whatever. Um. <laughs> so where was I? What was I talking so, about? Oh yeah, the Gina. the pedophile uh yeah. the pedophile joke, joke that joke. I made. Yeah. And the teacher that hated me. And anyway, uh it's the middle of the school year when that happened, and I don't know exactly what my uh dad did. I have no idea. But 2 weeks later, that teacher no longer worked at that school and then two or three weeks after that my mom and i are at the grocery store together and guess who we see stacking cantaloupes at the grocery store wearing the grocery store apron yeah so i'm pretty sure someone told him you're done like wow yeah Youngstown. You don't think about Youngstown. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Staten Island. You know what I mean? You don't right. think of it the same way. Yeah, people hear the word Ohio and they think I was raised on a farm. Right. Ohio is one of those weird states that has a shockingly large amount of uh, different things. It has it is, it, like very, seven major cities. That, yeah, you, you don't realize right. it. it's it's in between Dayton and Columbus yep. and Cleveland yep. and Cincinnati and Akron, Youngstown. Youngstown. Akron is another weird place. Toledo. It's not an accident that right. Akron was the birthplace of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Right? Right. And then within all of that, huge immigrant populations. Yep. Strangely European, mm-hmm. right? The, mm-hmm. the, not the, the Eastern Europeans went to New York and Chicago. Right. But the German, Irish... The ones who are really trying to get away from some heavy shit yeah. also came to Ohio. And different. Youngstown is directly five hours 
from New York City and five hours from Chicago. And Interstate 80 runs through directly through the center of Youngstown Mm. to Chicago to New York. So a lot of Italian families set up shop in Youngstown in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s so that they could visit their other families. They're like, this is perfect. I'll go see. Well, that's the way immigrants used to do it. They'd set up around each other. Mm -hmm. Like outside of Cleveland, I remember there'd be a huge German population. Yeah. Uh, and a big Czech population. I, they just would go. Why? And it sort of makes sense. They'd go mm-hmm. where they could relate to people and speak the same language, yeah. literally, yeah, and whatnot. So how you're now 19 and slinging slinging booze at yeah. a at a uh, event place? Yeah. How do you get out of there and go do something else? Um, I just did it. I mean, I went. My brother was nice enough to let me crash on his couch for like six to eight. Where months. was his house? That was in Burbank, California. Okay, so it's sort of centrally. Right. Sort of. Do you have a car? Nope. Oh, I was taking a bicycle. Uh, you can't bicycle anywhere in Los Angeles. I know. So I would bicycle to the train station uh, at Universal City Studios. Oh, there was a train by then. Yeah. Which already it was, was brand new. Yeah, yeah. Most it, and to me, I thought, I mean, I just thought it was the coolest stuff. I didn't realize exactly how poor I was. Like, thank God. Yeah, but in, in a weird way, <laughs> All males in their 20 are poor. I mean, yeah. very few have any money. Right. I mean, none. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, it's just everyone's in the same. I guess you're right. Yeah. But suit. I wasn't, I wasn't really like a kid. Like college was not an option for me. I hated school so much that, you know, I tried, I tried college and I, I lived off campus, Ohio State, and I, I decided to live off campus like 15, 20 minutes north. And back then, and I mean, this is 2003, so like the Iraq war and all this is happening, right? And that's when Howard Stern was maximum strength, mm-hmm. the Stern that I loved. And their show was hysterical. And I was so stupid. I'm such an idiot that when they're like, okay, when do you want your college classes to be? And I'm like, I'm out on my own. This is going to be sweet. You know what? I'll take the 6 a.m. class. I'll take the 8 a.m. class and the 10 a.m. class. And then I'll have the rest of the day to get to do whatever I want. I'm a genius. I can't believe I even get to take these early classes. I'm such an idiot. Um, So what ended up happening was that because I took the early classes, first of all, my life was a wreck because that was stupid. I should have been getting some sleep. And but I would be driving this 15, 20 minute drive from Polaris Parkway in Columbus down to the campus and I'd be listening to Stern and it would be so funny to me. You couldn't get in the classroom. I literally was sitting in the parking lot at times looking at the window of the class that I wasn't even a good enough student to get a scholarship to go to so i'm paying for that class in that room on that side of the window in a crazy amount of money i'm paying too and i can't get out of the car i'm literally listening to robin quivers's news thinking what would i say if i was in that studio oh that's interesting did you ever get to do an interview in there no Mm. it's intense yeah no i bet i mean i can't he he, but but you but joe interviews you right oh yeah it's very similar oh yeah they just have hyper focus right they're super tuned yeah they follow their instincts yeah and you kind of feel like you're hypnotized almost yeah you know right for sure and uh and that's it and then you all of a sudden you wake up again and you're like oh where am i yeah yeah so yeah i dropped out of college like immediately and um 
So started stand up at 22 at the comedy store. And yeah, I was on a bicycle, no car. How did you get to the comedy store from the train? Um, again, stop down again there, does it? train to Universal City to Hollywood Highland. And then I would ride my get back on my bicycle. Oh, you took the bike on the and train. Ride. Okay. Yeah, you take I the bike you, on the okay. train. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. One of the times to show you how amazing life is. Uh, one of the times, 22 just got the job at the comedy store. I'm working a phone shift. So that's like 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Used to literally answer the landline phone. Comedy store was one of the last places to build a website. I mean, I don't know when they did it. Had to be like 2011 or 12 or 13. They were so late to the party. So you would have to answer the phone and go, comedy store, this is Tony. And you'd have to lie because the shows weren't that great back then. (laughs) The lineup wasn't like that crazy. So you had to be like, great show tonight. If you give me your credit card info, we'll sell you the tickets. Like that's how it was done. Anyway, so I'm on my way to this 11 a.m. shift at the comedy store. I take my bike to Universal City Station. I get on the train and I realize that my front tire is flat. Mm. I don't have a backup tire. Mm. So now I realize I have to take the bus from Hollywood Highland to... Um, it's essentially um, the, yeah, the, sunset, goes over the hill. Yeah, Sunset and... Uh, Actually, I would walk down. I had to walk down to Sunset to take the Sunset bus to the comedy store. And, and they by have, the way, walk down from there is... Yeah. Three, you know, two, it's... it's, it's yeah it's a three quarters of a mile yeah yeah three long walks three or four long walks um and they have these buses called rapids you know Mm -hmm. what i mean which are the ones that have fewer stops than the other ones and one of the rapid oh i forgot to tell you it started downpouring and the buses in los angeles are filled with um wild wild people yeah but again it's not like new york but a fun fact is that again coming from youngstown it was all a vacation to me like i'm like this is heaven yeah like bum piss that's the <laughs> least of our worries this guy doesn't have a weapon he's right. not threatening my mother this is incredible yeah. um so it started downpouring one of these times and i'm standing I, I had to walk in the rain my bicycle down to sunset and highland and one of the rapids i'm like okay great here comes a bus but it turns out it's a rapid that doesn't stop there and it's downpouring i mean i'm already soaking wet and this rapid bus hits one of those giant puddles like out of a movie and double soaks me. <laughs> so I'm literally standing there. I mean, as wet as a human can be. Literally more wet than if it was a shower because yeah. a shower only a is kicking out so much water. <laughs> a bath on me. So, yeah, those were some of the low times. Uh, and it reminds me of what Pete Holmes had to do in the movie Crashing, where he had to shill out in front of the comedy studios. Yeah. You were doing the same thing, but on the phone lines. Exactly. Because L.A. didn't have the, the foot traffic. Right. So you would just do it on the phone. Interesting. And I mean, literally. And that, you know, that, by doing that all day, they'd give you a couple minutes at night on the stage? Not even. They would give you a couple minutes on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah. But, it was for me. It was an opportunity to figure stuff out and would get you watch it. other comedians. And yeah, study and a lot. Yeah, did you, were you the kind of person that kept note cards and things of, of jokes like Joan Rivers style? No, I would write on paper, but uh, but I would try to memorize it as hard as I could. It was really hard in the beginning, but as you get better at it, you get you end up writing better jokes that are worth remembering. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. so like when you're really excited to do something. That's how that, I think that's how well, that. Also, when stuff works. is in your head, you can put it together in different ways. Yeah. You know, yeah. synthesize it. But that was all like self taught. And was there a break? Of, I mean, was there a moment where you're like, okay, now things are moving? 
I th- immediately, I, as cheesy as it sounds, I was positive that if I just got that job and was able to keep it for a few years, that everything else was going to be fine. I was positive of Isn't it. Isn't that interesting? I looked at that building, you know, and again, I'm sure being raised by a single mom in a chaotic environment helped me with this or made me think that I was so comfortable and cool there because it was Mitzi Shore's place. You know what I mean? It was everyone's. Did you know Mitzi at the time? Yes. Well, I mean, I met her as an employee and she would call the club regularly back then. And she was on, you know, heavy Parkinson's medication and everything. So like, you know, it's sort of like having like a crazy grandma. That's also a, a literally one of the strongest, smartest women of all time. Yeah. Um, if you want to see, uh, I'm dying up here. It's the the yeah. the uh, club owner is based on Mitzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's super powerful, and you know. But I I looked at that building, which was is just to this day I think the coolest place on it's planet your, your cathedral. Earth. Black and red yeah. and neon, like dirty but clean, and like. There's been talk of building a hotel around it and stuff. Yeah. I think they would leave the old building intact. Yeah, but uh, that never seemed to happen. Thank goodness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to mess anything there up. But yeah. but yeah, once I knew that I had that job. Um, yeah, there it is. That, yeah. that picture on the right is it. I mean, that room right there, that main room, I could walk through with all the lights off. Like I know where everything is. Mm-hmm. I know how to step up on that stage without even taking the stairway. Like, I mean, I know what's that way. What's that? I mm-hmm. just know everything. I used to have to literally turn those lights on. I'd have mm-hmm. to walk through one way all the way across it to the breaker room. And turn that stuff on. So, you know, I know that place like the back of How'd my How'd you get hand. the idea for Kill Tony? From that, from her, basically her open mic setup was three minutes per comedian always. Um, only three minutes. That's what everybody had to do. And I was lucky enough from working there for a few years, the talent coordinator put me in position to host, which means you have to go up on the stage every three minutes and back down again. Oh, so you had lots of workout. Right. Yeah. And I would go up and obviously... And you have to be funnier than the guys. Right. Yeah. And you only have three minutes to think about what you're going to say after yes. they're done. So I would literally got in the habit of being able to watch someone for three minutes and be able to make fun of them one, two, three maybe jokes and then go, all right, your next comedian, blah, 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 blah. And so... But I realized very early on that while three minutes seems like a short time, it's also a very long time if someone's a newer comedian. So I decided it's like three minutes in the ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. And so I decided to make it one minute for my show. <laughs> and because I'm like, if you give you can it could be a crazy person. So yes. you don't want three minutes of just someone being completely annoying. It's yes. just unbearable. After one minute, it Did, seems have you long. found anybody in Kill Tony? Is there anybody that came out of it that oh was good? Oh yeah, yeah. so many. Yeah. I mean, Preacher Lawson, I think he won America's Got Talent or got second. Whatever he's doing, he's doing massive theaters now. Yeah. He's literally, yeah. I think, doing better than me. uh and yeah we found him or very early on we're like you're gonna be a star i Uh, mean you know i mean it's happened a lot and the guests that i've had i get to see only ones who shit on i guess yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean we got to watch everybody grow i mean they uh yeah tiffany haddish was a guest eight years before anybody knew who she was Mm. she was there goofing around and and tim dylan very as soon as i met him i was telling my listeners this is the future this is a superstar this guy is going to be one of the biggest in the world wow and i was warning i'm 
always, you know, very, very honest when it comes to people that I like. A talent manager. I mean, kind of. I already, in a weird way, am. It's a very <laughs> Vince McMahon like job that uh, I have over there. But you don't time. get to participate the way Vince did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to change the business model a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen. I I could listen. You're. I can listen to your stories for a, longer than I'm supposed to. Yeah, uh, and I appreciate you sharing them. Thank and, you. Uh, and and I'm and just instinctively, when stories are that good, they can be put up on you know stage yeah. and right. films and TV and things like that. So think about it. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, there's a lot, and yeah. and I I like the fact that I was just reading. I was telling Tony off the air that I was reading a. I'm reading a a diary of an attorney who was living through the depression in Youngstown. And you see day by day how the city unravels. And this guy, the the attorney doesn't really understand economics. He's trying to come to terms with what's happening. He's trying to understand it. He's reading a lot while he's like going, I think I understand why this is happening and why that's happening. And you just see that things can get worse and then can, they can get worse and then they can still get worse. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think we've lost track of here. Yeah, we've, we've lived in very blessed time for quite a while. Jeez, totally. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And uh, what's the future for you? Just keep doing Kill Tony. I love it, man. I love it. The show is constantly evolving. Uh, it, it throws off cousins. Yeah, it's got it's got like you said in New York. It's got cousins. Oh, I mean, it's incredible. We, I mean, it's it's a whole universe of people because some of the people are regulars on the show. Yeah. If I really find somebody to be so entertaining, um, that. And I really think that I want to interview them once a week mm. in front of a live audience. Mm. If I really see that kind of promise in them, I make them a regular, which is uh, it now creates headliners. I mean, it's now I can pick somebody and they blow up. Mercenary, I would love to be on your show just to show up because I love yeah. all the people oh, in you your would be world. So, so perfect. I mean, literally, we could so let me talk know. about the psychology I, of anyone. If I you're, think it'd be so fun. If you're so ever here on a Monday, I we'll, insist. We'll talk about the Dunning Kruger phenomenon, which I see writ large. You've heard of Dunning Kruger? No. Oh, it's these two psychologists that wrote this this theory about this how it is that people can, let's say, an American Idol. Mm-hmm. get up there, sing like shit, and then believe they had sounded great. Right. It's a psychological phenomenon called Dunning-Kruger. Well, that should be the and name of my podcast. It should be the name of your podcast. Literally... I know. It's the Dunning-Kruger on parade. And <laughs> no it, doubt. It, and it, and it's essentially, they can't quite figure out what it is. I, yeah. I think it's a little bit of lack of self-awareness. But they think a lot of it is not enough exposure to good, things that are good. They right. think they know what's good, but they actually haven't been exposed to it, and they've certainly not actually trained in it they see somebody doing something they think i I can do like you said i can just go do that right then they don't get the they don't work the muscle out they don't know what it takes wow and and because we live in a world right now where everybody can do anything you know and nobody's better than anybody else and everyone's equal the fact that you spent all those years working that out yeah that's neither here nor there right (laughs) they they can do what you do no problem yeah no problem it's it's a weird time it's called dunning kruger but anyway i would love to do that because i i've like I said, I've been exposed now to skanks, and mm-hmm. and I want to go to Skankfest. And oh, I love that! I'm Heck go. yeah, I'm gonna go. Skankfest uh, is literally the best comedy festival in the world. I, I'm going. Literally, uh, are you doing Kill Tony there too? Yeah. Oh, always. Uh, we yeah. we signed a lifetime deal. Oh. We didn't actually sign anything, but I just literally told them that Kill Tony you, will always you, be you at Skankfest. You use blood, and yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. your dad taught you exactly <laughs> that kind of Legion deal. of Skank style. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, and uh, and again, like I said, the garbage guys, are you garbage? And it turns out I'm total garbage. Yeah. Proudly so. Yeah. Well, and, me too. Yeah. I don't know if you heard my story, but <laughs> they loved having me on because I did. I covered some of this with them as well. That's another podcast where I talked about this. And they're, they're literally like, you might be the complete dumpster, my friend. You might be the dumpster the garbage goes into. Yeah. So anyway, okay, we'll set that up. We'll work that out as time goes on here. But let's uh, let's go uh, do a little mom, your mom's house style stuff here for a minute. Let's, if you guys don't mind, let's do some clips. All right, can we start with that? Yeah. Because I want I want to go from. I've been indulging myself listening to Tony. I literally could sit and like. <laughs> sit by the fireplace and listen to yourself stories for three or four hours. It goes on and I, on, I'm man. sure it does. It, it's I mean, really, it's a piece of, but I, it's a piece of, a, well, it's a human drama, but it's a piece of American history. You know what I mean? There's well, American history into this. I mean, let me just tell you one last thing. Yeah. The, because the ribbon on it is that the last time I saw him was just a few months ago. I performed in, he got to see me perform in the round in the middle of a sold out arena uh, in Pittsburgh, which was only a 45 minute drive for him coming from Youngstown. And uh, so like and he got to come back in this giant, you know, luxurious green room that we had literally rented. It was a, the night. It was a Saturday night. So it was the night of a big boxing match. And he loves boxing because Youngstown's also a b- famous boxing yes, city. That's right. So he had the time of his life. Like it's there's literally like gourmet pizza that, you know, we have from whoever there's, you know what I mean, whatever you want. So here's the question. Fresh coffee and Did, a giant pay-per-view screen because Joe Rogan had bought the pay-per-view. So, oh. And he kind of knows who Joe Rogan is. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm watching fights with th- these guys. I just watched them destroy an arena. <laughs> right. And now I'm sitting here. So I literally got to accomplish that kind of like. So, so the question, though, is. The thing is, I was chasing the whole time. <laughs> the, the question is, did he show deep appreciation for your accomplishments? Your accomplishments? Or did he co-opt it all? Like, ah, that's my son. My son does this. He didn't do that. He okay. sort of was somewhere right around the middle there. Yeah, that's you know, he it. plays it very cool. He's tough to get a read on. Uh, but How old is he now? I could tell he's proud. 76. Mm. Yeah. So he's like, old enough to let go of some of the narcissistic stuff for sure. Totally, totally. Does he have a bunch of grandkids now? Um, no, actually, I, no, he doesn't. Not, not, huh. not my, my brother and my sister on that side do not have kids. Is you you call those half siblings brother and sister? Yeah. Do you, have, do you have a sibling relationship with them? Mm, not really. Not, so. not really. But the four on my mom's side, uh, all the way. Is everybody we, still in? We Youngstown? consider ourselves true brothers and sisters. The two sisters are in Youngstown. The two brothers are now in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's yeah. what you said there, out there. Yeah. Really interesting. And congratulations on uh, living a full life. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, pretty wild, I mean, no doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I don't. I, I'm I'm literally I'm kind of moved by it because I'm literally wanting sort of what you did, which is you engaged with you know gusto, you know right. you engaged with you know your heart mm-hmm. in this thing that I just don't see young people doing anymore, and it really kills me. Right. They're not getting excited about anything. They're not engaging. They're not. They're not. They, yeah. they don't want to see things through. They just everything's like whatever. Who cares? And fuck everything. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. They're like mm-hmm. missing this richness. Yeah, of what you can do. I think those life. smartphones are dumbing them up. I, I agree with yeah. you. They've got all this in their hands. So yep. what the fuck? Right. Porn's here. No good. personality whatsoever. It just takes the everything. It's yeah. almost like a drug. It takes the wind out of their sail. Totally. And then if you throw weed on top of it, it really takes the wind out yep. of their sail. So yep. All right. So some clips. Here we go. Come on, Zolo. Let's do this. You got it. What are we watching? Okay, we're gonna make a real quick video about emoji self pronouns. 
Uh-oh. First of all, for oh. those of you who don't know, I use tooth emoji, tooth emoji self-pronouns. Huh. Now we're going to talk about why I don't say those verbally, because that was really weird to say. Ugh. Emoji self-pronouns are type of neo-pronoun, or as some people call them, xeno-pronouns. Uh, thank you, by the way, for those who decided to educate me on that. I did some more research on it, and you are correct. Xeno-pronouns are a thing. A lot of people still refer to noun self and emoji self pronouns as neo pronouns, though. I can't go. I can't go on. I can't go on. I just can't. My. I just can't go on. Christine and I were watching a video of someone like this, and it it just kills me. Again, this is more what we were just talking about. This is an extremely bright young lady whose mind is being consumed with material that has no purpose. Yeah. I hope it gives her a sense of identity and whatnot. Cool, fine, but. Right. It's a weird. I. I mean, I don't even. I can't. A tooth emoji. She identifies as a tooth emoji. <laughs> but you can't say it out loud. Oh, you can't. You just have to hold up the tooth side. <laughs> <laughs> right? Did I understand it here? Right? Nailed and it. it. And it's a Zeno. It's a Zeno. What? Zeno. Zeno pronoun. Zeno pronoun. Do you have the video? I'm always asking unfair things. But the side by side with Christina, with the woman talking about how feminine aisles are completely inappropriate, and she, Christina's eating potato chips or something, and they all spilling out of her mouth. Oh it's, yeah, I think that's on her Instagram. I can yes, pull it, up. it is on her Instagram. While well, you're looking for that, give me another one. Okay. People are wild today. But it's it makes me sad. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, this oh, yeah. girl, this woman could be who knows, or tooth, this tooth could be doing all Welcome kinds of things. <laughs> I'm your host, William Tapley, also known as the third eagle of the apocalypse and the co-prophet of the end times. On this program, I want to talk about contraception and how using that will prevent you from being raptured. Raptured? Last week, the Pope (laughs) made news headlines by saying that you cannot prevent AIDS through the use of condoms. And of course, he was correct. The only true way of preventing AIDS or any other sexually transmitted diseases is through a monogamous relationship between Mon- a husband and a wife. I in see. Genesis chapter 38, it wouldn't have worked for your mom God and dad in case they'd been with somebody else. With or he had been with somebody else. Look at his lavalier Onan. microphone. It's an Onan actual microphone. He spilled his seed <laughs> upon the ground. He has a microphone stuffed into his coat. God is so displeased with this that he killed Onan. Okay, I can't. I can't. Once again, I can't go on. I just can't do it. This is as wasteful as the pronoun, the tooth lady. I didn't know there was a Republicans of TikTok. TikTok. This is interesting. <laughs> I, I think I've come across this guy on TikTok once in a while, and uh, I'll, I'll inevitably stop because he sounds like he's saying something right. interesting, yep. and then it's like, oh, 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 sorry, oh, my mistake. Oh wow! Oh my god! I mean, this stuff. Okay, is take wild. a second here. We're going to go to a TikTok. I mean, our Instagram. Beg your pardon. Yeah. There it is. Okay, so hold on. There. Watch this. Correct sign. A very wrong sign. A feminine care aisle. Let's talk about it again. How not all women are menstruators and not all menstruators are women. I know that menstruators <laughs> isn't meant to simplify cis women into just having a period. It's really about simply using more inclusive language to talk about periods and those who experience them. If it was another incorrect... It's just Christina reacting to it. It's so funny. Hilarious. Oh, <laughs> She's the best. Yes. Uh, that, that is one of my best, her best takes I've seen on this topic. Just watching her eat potato chips alongside <laughs> of that was fantastic. All right. Give me another, uh, another, uh, what are we getting into these days now? Any uh, TikToks or? 
What do you got, Zolo? Here we are at CC's Lingerie, MrBra.com. MrBra.com, we sell bras. We have every size you can imagine. We have all sorts of foundation garments, okay? We sell bridal bras, lingerie, corsets, you know, hard-to-fit bras, you know, strapless, Where's the cameraman going? Eternity. <laughs> we sell whatever type bra you could need here at MrBra.com. You want to find me. You want to get to know me. Yes, you do. I have so many bras. So many bras. Is this the king above eighteen? Bras. Is this what he does during the day? I have every size. I have the best fitting bras. My bras go up to a P cup. L M N O P cup. Here, you got an O cup. We have an O cup. Here's an O cup. Let's see. You need an O cup. I've got it. Oh. L M N O P O. You know. Look at this. What do I have here? I've got a P cup. Can oh, hallelujah. It? Oh, my goodness. A P cup. Who the heck has a P cup? This is what the My Pillow <laughs> guy Mr. is Rod up to Dr. nowadays. Yeah. I like the way here he's disparaging are. his Here's clients. Your basic Who has a P cup? Your oh, basic. Non underwire. God. Non underwire. All right, enough, enough of the bra, man. You think there's a woman out there with pea-sized tits just like, finally. (laughs) I I mean, I just wasn't able to find them. Glad he found me. There was a, uh, in Arcadia, California, uh, where my kids used to go to a batting cage. When you get off the freeway, you walk right, you you drive right into this store that's called the Wizard of Bras. Mm. My sons thought that was a clever This guy has measuring tape around his neck as if though any woman that's going to come in there, he's going to immediately start wrapping that around. (laughs) My guess is their throat. (laughs) We have every kind of bra. We have bra made from the skin of some of my victims. This guy's wild, dude. He's good. All right, what else you got? Hmm. Um, He does have that quality. That's why I was thinking, you know, we have a frequent flyer called the king and queen above 18 he looks just like that guy he's just some perv that sits with his clothes off and talks to women oh wow it's nice perv i mean i mean a highbrow one day when nick says the rooster followed him and attacked him his neck flares up and he's doing his thing and he's trying to jump up at me he was trying to get the animal away and i try to hit it but the chicken's jumping up at me and i accidentally knocked it in the head you know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. But when Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple of days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. And in late June, James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. No. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. Oh, While the neighbors continue to fight, Nick says he never should have been arrested. I didn't know to give it a 21-gun salute. CPR? Mouth to mouth, you know, or call the chicken ambulance. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really? Well, wow. Now you feel better about Youngstown, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm so glad I was raised in Youngstown. Yeah, it could have been like this. Could have been. There's other parts of the country that has its own culture. Wow. He called the chicken police. <laughs> oh my God. This is so fun. Sometimes I forget what is going on out there in the rest of the world. This is like a real, I, I can't watch the news anymore. You know, it's just like, yeah, I, I, can't I avoid it. I find yeah, it too. to be like, I think it makes, it used to be you would read the news and you get smarter. Yeah, you get I, the news. Yeah. and I or, think, Or you get someone's analysis of the news and you knew you were reading an analysis. Yeah. 
And now it is just... It's disgusting. I mean, it's that. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's become it, that. It, in fact, that's some of the more enlightening news I've seen in a long time. So is that everything we went through? Is a cool guy in courthouse? Is that the same... Is that the chicken dude? That's another guy. Let's see him. All right. Anything with a cool guy, I'm interested. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen enough cool guys lately. I don't have a last name. Oh, this is this no. like Fed Smoker. What's your first name? I don't have a first name either. I've got a name. My name is Robert. You can call me Robert. Oh, wow. I'm not a person. See, you, you deal here with Admiralty Maritime Jurisdiction, which deals with persons, which I am not. What are you? I'm a man. You're a human? I'm a man, yes. Are you a U.S. citizen? No. You're not a U.S. citizen? I was not born in Washington, D.C. or any <laughs> territory of the federal, under federal jurisdiction, so no, I'm not a U.S. citizen. Were you born in the United States of America? In any of the I was born in America. Yes, oh, I'm a state citizen. These guys, one of the several these four states. guys have to deal with this shit all the time. Can you imagine? One yeah. of the several? <laughs> Which state? Idaho. Idaho? Can I see your Idaho state license? No. I don't have one. You don't have one? My person does, but I don't. Oh. And I don't wish to create joinder with you. Oh, my God. All right. They I'm let him in? Speak with the prosecutor. Oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. You're blocking my freedom of movement. Hey, Ronnie, the limo driver's All there. All right. Well, Pete Barnes, <laughs> you just admitted to me that you're violating my rights. No, I'm not. You can't come in with the camera. Well, you're violating my rights. And this is also Let's freedom of the press. From behind you. This he's, is also freedom the press. of the press. He's I mean, the press. I don't know what the hell law book you're reading, man, but it doesn't apply to me. So this is what meth does to your brain. Or bipolar disorder. Bipolar can do this too. Yeah. You are not God. You have no jurisdiction over me. God's not worried about There's literally a please turn off cell phone right. thing <laughs> in the corner. Because <laughs> you want to do something wrong? Because you want to do something wrong? Because if, if it's against the rules, that good way to get into court watching him. on wronging somebody else. Uh. Because they're afraid of being held accountable. You guys, this Pete is your Barnes. new fed smoker. I got news for you. Yeah. This, this is, can you follow more of his stuff? Is well, he out there? I mean, I don't have to go in because... You can't even issue a warrant for me. And he's he well, is. No, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to speak with the prosecutor. Go in there without the well, please step aside. I'm going in. No, you're not going in. Don't touch me. You're not going in, sir. Let the record show that you just the battered record me. Show. Oh. 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 oh, oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> Let the record show. I'm not doing anything wrong. Oh, no. Hey, you know what? You guys are really overstepping your bounds right now. Put the cuffs on them. Put the cuffs oh, they're going to cuff them. Huh? Wow. Yeah, there you go. Camera's done now. I love it. <laughs> I think this happens to this guy a lot. I'm almost positive I saw this because I saw something somewhere where a guy just like that recently like last week was uh was he got pulled over he had warrants out for him and the cops like i need to see your id yeah you know i've matched up your license plate you have warrants out for your arrest he's like uh i am allowed to film i'm allowed to do this you're not you're not allowed to impede on my thing yeah and they literally just slammed him (laughs) as hard as you can imagine they just pick him up and slam him on the ground yeah, I, I think people are tired of this, yeah. of that stuff. And, yeah. And it's usually, it's meth and it's bipolar. So I had a friend, I have a colleague who's now a therapist, and he was he would go to the uh, Quantico on a regular basis because he had decided he has some special information about how to save the world, essentially. He was manic, but he wouldn't, they don't look that manic necessarily. But right. they, they're up for days and days at a time yeah. getting into weird, you know, dark web stuff. Right. 
and uh, talking about how the earth is flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would show up regularly. They got to know him by name, and, yeah. and they'd say, "Sir, can we help you get some help?" Are we just talking? About? I'm here to say I've right. got special information. Yeah, yeah you're you, repeating you, on my. You need the help. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And so, yeah, these are mental health issues, and yeah. uh, we live in a world where you're not allowed to help people like that until they end up in jail. Right. And that's how they end up. So, yeah. Uh, to a couple of emails, I had too much fun talking to you today. I have an uncircumcised penis, but the hood doesn't come all the way back. Who should I see? What can I do about it? Uh, keep it high and tight. So, that's a phimosis. You hear me talk about it all the time, my friend. It is the complication of not having had a circumcision. You ever heard of phimosis? Mm-mm. Let's look up phim. I'm sorry, I'll do this to you, but phimosis is up there. And, and repair yourself. I'm, I'm going to want a couple of uh, a couple of voice messages before I wrap up here today. I actually have a good doctor question for oh, you. Oh, good. We'll do it. Yeah. Phimosis. See that one down the lower left there. See the, how the his skin comes narrowed. That, that's it. Yeah. And the penis can't get out. And it, it tears and it bleeds and, oh, it, God. and it hurts and uh, you have to get a circumcision to repair it. So any urologist can do it a lickety split. Oh, yeah. why'd mm-hmm. you have to say lickety split uh. like that? <laughs> that made, that Just, made it weird. <laughs> it's not weird. Uh, so what's your question? What is your so question? So here's my question. Yeah. So I, uh, I've been lucky enough to make some uh, really extremely rich Texas friends. I didn't know living in LA that like, Rich people could also be cool as hell. Oh, sure. Anyway, so long story short, made some ridiculously rich friends. Were they Houston rich or or Austin rich? Originally from Houston. Houston now they rich. live in Austin. See, okay. you have these friends. You know what well, I'm talking about. I've been about. to Houston and I've been to those neighborhoods. I actually spoke at a, like, it must have been like a club or something. Yeah. And, I, and I said, oh shit, this is a different kind of rich. That's what happened yeah. to me. They hired me to roast their buddy for his 40th uh, yeah. birthday. Then the blizzard happened and we all ended up getting stranded together. They're like, let's get out of here. Private planes can still leave. Commercial flights are canceled. Let's get out of here right now. Like this is as that big free was just yep. starting yep. and uh we're like uh he's like you want to go to puerto rico i'm like my girlfriend doesn't have her passport he's like how about key west i'm like it's raining there the next two days he's like all right uh and then i look up uh miami 95 degrees the next four days send him that see, that's he's that's like, what go. i that's the, the thing i think that's cool about rich yeah i would just put it under freedom yep Hundred percent. Just they're free. Hundred percent. They're not encumbered by what the rest of us are encumbered by. So instead of it being a one night roast, we end up making friends over the next five days. Like it's a the coolest crew. One guy plays in the NFL. Another one's this. Another one's that. Anyway, so we all ended up making best friends a couple of years ago when I first moved here, and uh, so now this guy goes to Europe like three months out of every year and he lets me stay in his castle that he has here in Austin, only like eight minutes away. It's ridiculous. Long story short, on top of many other ridiculous things, he has the most uh, luxurious bidet I've ever sat on ah. in my life. Is it an actual separate porcelain? Inst- totally okay. a separate, separate porcelain. Thing. See, I always thought the move was to have a bidet attached to your normal sure. toilet. Sure. No, you need a whole separate beast. And is it a fountain? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it is, it can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. And when I first sat on it, I just turned the thing a little bit. I'm like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. And then the next time a little bit (laughs) higher and the next time a little bit higher. So my question to you. Now you start doing it with with a (laughs) blowjob. But can I overdo it? Because I've Googled this literally recently because I'm like, this is just... If, you're, if you are giving yourself an enema, you can overdo it. Really? But if you're just flushing the anal the the anal ring, you're right. fine. 
I mean, what technically defines it you, as an you, enema? You, enema, there's it. It comes back at a a volume of fluid comes back usually with some brown with it. Right. That's you're giving an enema now. Okay. So how much? I guess I'm. I guess I've been giving myself an enema. Then I've been blasting. What is my head supposed to hit the ceiling when I'm on the thing? No. Uh, so what can happen? What can happen That's if I turn not, this thing up too high? Um, you're you're just you're you're. It's not that big a deal. Okay, you're good. just the normal functions aren't sort of being enhanced. Right. Let's put okay. It that way. You're, you're, and rectal pressures do make a difference. Your 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 rectum is a pretty delicate instrument. Right. And, and you want it to keep functioning normal. I yeah. Sense. I want to keep it delicate. Yeah. I've yeah. been like I've been basically like cheating on my girlfriend it. with this yeah, bidet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, she could be included in the right. whole thing. Right. It could be who knows what you guys could invent there. It is wild. <laughs> Give me a voice message. Hey, Dr. Drew, Booth Boys. I got a question for you, Dr. Drew, kind of a medical question. Um, you know, I'm sure you've seen these videos of men uh, that like genital mutilation or mm-hmm. uh, abuse, uh, you know, women stomping on their, on their balls. Yeah, yeah, or, we get the point. Or punching them. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. I would imagine that would make most men wince at the pain just by watching. Yes, uh, it does. What is that? What, I mean, medically, I mean, I would imagine hmm. that would just most men would pass out from the pain yeah. being so extreme. What is it in them that allows them to for that to be arousing in any way, yeah. shape or form? Yeah. I just don't understand. I mean, did they build a tolerance? Yeah, he just goes on and on. What is that? Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> I, I get it. He's, he's curious. He doesn't I get the feeling <laughs> that this guy loves that shit and he's dying to know what's, like, wrong, what's wrong with, with him. With I, I, I. I don't know. It's every man wonders. Like, how is that possible? I think we have to. We'd have to interview somebody that's into it. I, I've never really talked to somebody that's into it to get how they how they because they usually say it does hurt. They just how they're able to tolerate it. They build up to it. Why is it arousing? And you know, arousal through pain. People go oh, to pain of pleasure are very slow, closely related. Yeah, but in my experience, people that are really into pain had early experiences of pain they're pretty nasty yeah and uh and that's how they kind of get in i must have had a different pain as a kid because i don't like any of that like if someone gets aggressive with their fingernails or anything i'm literally like this is the opposite of pleasure yes i just i'm with you i'm I mean, I, it dumbfounds me. It's incredible. It's it's why you know it's something different they're experiencing, right? Yeah. It's uh, got to be something different. Like, why would that be? And that's right. why this guy's so incredulous. Yeah. Give me one more. Give me a female if you can. Hey, Hitler. Uh, uh, so I've got this weird, I won't even call it a problem. Okay. It's just something weird that happens. I so like it when women step on my, my balls. girlfriend and I have, like, moments where she's crying like after an argument or anything aroused. like that, he gets uh, I get uh, like, you know, diamond hard yep. boners. Yep. I've heard of this. Um, wow. I don't know yeah. why. I'm not like, <laughs> you know, a psychopath or anything like that. But yeah. why uh, does crying give me? I'm not funny. a psychopath. Uh, anyways, yeah. keep them high and tight. Love the podcast. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't indulge that the experience. It's not a good thing. Uh, it is probably we we have all sorts of paired arousal experiences from intense experiences in childhood. Like people get intense. Like there's theories about feet and why feet get intense for people. There's theories about seeing somebody cry. It, it's really probably a traumatic kind of attachment, and the and trauma and arousal are related. And right. so you have to kind of 
you know, realize this is some piece of me that's not working properly right now. And I'd be interested it. to know if he saw his like mom cry a lot. Something like that. Right. Yeah, something like that was intense for him. It's it's intensity and intensity and arousal go together after puberty. What is so. that thing with moms? Like how does that how why why is that exactly? I think thing? about it when people go straight up box numbers, three, four, twelve, right. you're like, whoa, it's diamond do that, say that. diamond hard. <laughs> <laughs> No, what do you mean? What is that thing with moms? Why? I mean, like, you know, you see, I've been rewatching The Sopranos, which mm. I think is the greatest uh, television series of all time as I rewatch. It's just absolutely hysterical, yet completely dramatic, enthralling. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And it covers so many things. And obviously him seeing a psychiatrist throughout it, realizing that he's attracted to these women that remind him of his mother, not necessarily physically, mm-hmm. But uh, through their actions, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so so interesting. So there's to a me. lot of things um, that when we get attached to somebody, right, mm-hmm. uh, and when there's a, a emotional attachment, that has a sort of arousal map associated with it. Like if if your mom is you know redhead with light skin, you might find you kind of have a you might move in that direction because right. you had an intense attachment. That's normal. When it gets abnormal, it, it, when it gets abnormal, when your mom was abusive or traumatizing in some way, and that then becomes something you must move towards, even when the it's you can sense, even though you're not consciously aware of it, that it's the kind of person that right. would engage in a similar kind of relationship with you. Right. That's where it gets to be problematic. Right. Otherwise, attachments and the maps that go with those attachments are kind of normal, and you can and people. Because the way we're wired, men biologically, we routinely over override those those early maps. You know, we're like, yeah. oh, I like that, I like this. Also, right. you know, people we have these sexual sort of impulses that override the maps, and the maps can be good. They're guides because if you had a great relationship with your mom, that's sort of a good guide, maybe back to a good relationship. Mm-hmm. If you had a bad one, an intense one, a traumatizing one, for whatever reason, we're still wired that way, where that even becomes now more intense, right? And that's where it becomes a problematic thing. So, so I'm sure you've seen lots of that around Youngstown. You and you? I should hang out more often. I'm, I'm in. I'll be with you and your NFL friends and private I planes. Love it. I'm going. Let's go anytime. Yeah. Well, I do plan to come to Kill Tony. I'm, yeah. I'm going to literally rearrange my next trip here to, to make be a sure Monday you're night. here on a Monday night. Yeah, yep. That's what I'm going to do. Beautiful. Uh, thank you, my friend. Indeed. Good, to, good to spend time with you. We'll spend more time. I trust and uh, very interesting show. And we'll see you all next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.